at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're the king! Only for Super NES. Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello, everybody. This is the Super NES Podcast, episode number 186. Uh, these... These are your uh, regular hosts of the podcast. I'm Greg. He is Joe. Hi. And we're covering another one of Joe's picks this time. Um, and again, Joe wanted to go to the obscure Japanese titles <laughs> first to cover on this because, you know, he's like George that way. Wanted to cover obscure, weird Japanese I games. I like obscure games. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one actually was pretty popular in Japan. So I really wouldn't call it obscure. It's mostly obscure to Americans right, because obviously right. the game of counter. Because obviously the game never came out here in the West, which is a shame, because we'll get into it here like a little bit. But anyway, which game, which game do you want to like look at this time? Gunpuru, Gunproof. Yes, uh, which which is which actually which actually which actually is which actually is labeled a couple of different ways depending upon where you see it at. Um, besides the way besides the way the joke called it, it's also commonly listed. It's also commonly listed commonly listed like on top. Uh, uh, online by its direct translation uh, of government's proof I get proof uh, so or or, or sometimes or, or sometimes just gun, gunman's proof yeah, That's, you, yeah. you see that a lot too especially on eBay so. yeah I was going to say uh, eBay listings I saw gunman's proof when I was uh, looking for um, a few refresher videos since it's been a while since I've completed this game um, on YouTube um, that also was like Guns, gun, gun brewer would find you some stuff, but guns, gunman's proof would find everything. Like so. Yeah, it's a strange name. I don't know where the name came from because it's not based off an existing property. Right. Uh, so I don't know why the game is called the way it is. I couldn't find anything online while doing research on this that indicates like why the name's called hmm. this. Um, but I mean, like. Um, I mean, gunman's proof kind of got kind of, I guess, literally can literally, literally kind of like describe like your role in the game as being a gunman. Right, right. Um, but you know, that's the best thing I could think about. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, what made you decide to cover this game, Joe? And how'd you hear about it? All right. So, I originally saw this in like you know one of those quick YouTube videos uh, where they show you like three seconds of the gameplay. And they're like, oh yeah, this is the name of the game, and it's super obscure, and uh, you should definitely check it out. And I was like, they got me, because like, <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that looks pretty cool, because it kind of looks like Zelda, but you're this weird-looking dude with guns. And I was like, I like Zelda. I gotta give this a try. So uh, that started my journey, and then it was finally, what? I'd say about a month after I discovered it that, you know, I had one of my picks coming up and I was like, well, you know what, since I've already been playing this game, let's uh, throw it up on there and let's cover it. So. Okay, well, yep. Uh, yeah, I never heard of this game, uh, that's for sure. So, um, it's just, I mean, it's an interesting game, like, in several ways. Um, 
like Joe said, uh, this skate is very strongly uh, Zelda inspired. I feel like this feel like a Zelda, like Zelda clone, uh, because it's actually an adventure, adventure, adventure game. But it takes place like in a Wild West setting, uh, setting as well, which kind of like sets it apart. Um, and the game does have elements from other games as well too. I was minded about like zombies ate my neighbors uh, mm -hmm. while playing this game mm -hmm. uh, because because some of the gameplay and some of the humor aspects to it. Um, Earthbound also speaking yeah. about humor. This, um, Absolutely. Um, so and uh, but yeah so. Um, so this is, uh, so the history of this game is a little bit interesting. Um, this is a very late Super NES game, actually. Um, uh, te technically, technically, since this game is released only in Japan, so it's technically, technically a Super Famicom game. I'm just calling it Super NES to, just, just to make it easier, <laughs> like more consistent. But, um, it came out in Japan in January of 1997. So very, very late in the Super NES's life, mm. uh, uh, lifespan. Um, games came out in Japan longer for the system than they did here in North America, but even at, um, uh, but even in 1997, uh, there were still a dozen games released released for Super NES in North America. So, um, if this game had come out in North America that year, uh, it would have been up against the likes of well, a lot of like a lot of like you know shovelware games for sure. <laughs> but you know, 97 did see the release uh, of two very big Super NES games. Uh, Harvest Moon came out for Super NES in '97. Uh, I didn't realize myself being a big, you know, I'm a big fan of the Harvest Moon series. I didn't realize the game, but I didn't realize I didn't realize the game came out that late. Um, yeah. uh, the system, and the uh, Nintendo's Nintendo's last game of the system was Kirby's Dream Land Three, which came out later on that year. Uh, um, came out, which came out late '97 as well too. So, uh, also Arkanoid Do It Again, a game covered before in this podcast, mm. also um, also got released that year as well too. Um, as well as a bunch of sports games and whatnot. The very last Super NES which, game in North America was actually Frogger, which came out in 1998. Which, which so. baffles me, because, like, I'm thinking about this. Like, so, like, this game's cool, and I understand why it didn't get localized and brought over here, and we'll cover that. But, like, think about, like, what you were just talking about, what was coming out for the SNES in 1997, along with, like, the likes of, like, Duke Nukem on the PC. You had Star Fox 64 on the Nintendo 64. Like, that baffles... Like, when I think Nintendo 64, I think, like, 98, 99. Like, it, it, like the idea that it came out in 96... And, you know, it was the tail end of 96, but still, like, 96. And, like, the Super Nintendo was still vibrant and alive. You know, yeah. if they did the same thing with the Nintendo when they released the Super Nintendo. But it just, like, yeah. amazes me that they supported it that long. And they've done that with all their consoles. But um, to actually go back and actually look at that stuff is just baffling to me. <laughs> well, that's baffling to you. This is going to blow your mind. Um, and uh, the same day this game came out in Japan, in January 31st, January 31st, January 31st, January 31st another game came out also uh, that day. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that had the same release date as Final Fantasy VII. How is this game popular? Like, how did it not get <laughs> buried under the weight of Final Fantasy VII? You know what I mean? Pretty much, pretty much the same reason. Pretty much the same reason that the other late Super NES games did okay because it's like um, the system. You know, the system had a large install base yeah, by that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, the games are cheaper. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, like, you know, not everybody had a PlayStation at that mm -hmm. point. It was like, you know, you have a, uh, like, so, and, and, you know, like, 
the systems the uh, the, the, the systems so popular as like hand me down games uh, systems like for kids. Yeah, or, that's or, true. Or that's very true. So, but um, but yeah, so like you know the game. Um, I don't know how. So yeah, I don't. So, so yeah, I don't. So yeah, I I don't don't know how how well the game sold in Japan because we don't have because we don't have you know because we don't have sales figures sales right. figures like at that time period. However, the game reviewed very well, which we get into the, mm. like later on. So, um, and looking at eBay, it's not terrible. The pricing is terribly, not terribly uh, uh, um, you're out of control for this game, which suggests that it didn't. You know, it was just the game. The game at least had a decent print. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, because also, I think, uh, yeah, so I think, like, reviews, word of mouth probably helped a lot because the game is very Zelda-inspired, mm-hmm. and Zelda's, Zelda's just popular in Japan as yeah, North America. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, I'm sure that also had a lot, had a lot to do with it, but, um, so the game was developed by a company called, the game was developed by a company called, uh, Lenar, uh, 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 which I think is saying, which I believe I'm pronouncing correctly, it's spelled yep. L-E-N-A-R. Yep, Lenar, uh, and... I'm sure you're going to talk about it, so I'll, we'll play a little back and forth. What was the other game that they created? <laughs> well, they didn't. Well, they didn't create. Well, they didn't create very many games. Period. It looks like they were around from 1986-1997. Most of their games obviously stayed in Japan, uh, but there were, but there were four games that there's that came out that came out in America, uh, uh, which were, uh, sorry, five games there's that came out came out in North America. Deadly Towers. That's the one I was thinking of. (laughs) Which is... Very infamous. Deadly Towers is... Yeah, Deadly Towers is kind of a... It's not... I don't hate the game, but I can see why it gets a lot of dislike. It's a very abstract, hard-to-figure-out, confusing game. So you definitely definitely need a map and a walkthrough to play the game. uh, Which... I don't think, which I, you know, which I don't think, which I don't have any players in ninety seven like going to do for to do for it. But uh, they also developed Zombie Hunter for the NES, which is a very underrated game. That's, you know, I mean, that's a fun game. Yeah. So uh, their other games in North America were uh, Image Fight for the NES, Mercenary Force for the Game Boy, and Night Quest for the Game Boy. And so. I n- never heard or played any of those. <laughs> they came up. Uh, uh, well, 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 in Japan they did a lot of like. In Japan, they did a lot of, uh, of sports games, wrestling games, racing games. So, uh, like, yeah, the, yeah, this company, this company, better known, better known, better known, like the Japanese mm-hmm. games for sure. Um, and, it was, um, and, it, um, and it was published by a company we've not talked about here on this podcast yet because, um, you know, because we've not covered one of their games yet. Uh, uh, ASCII, uh, which is now known as ASCII mm. Media Works. Uh, ASCII was. Uh, uh, was originally uh, ASCII was ASCII was ASCII was originally ASCII Corporation. They were a corporation. They were founded in, 19, in, in, in 1977, and then they came. Um, so then they merged uh, with MediaWorks and uh, MediaWorks in 2000, 2008 to become ASCII MediaWorks. Um, so ASCII again were heavily focused upon the Japanese market, but some of their games did come over here uh, in, in North America. In North America, they. Uh, they published, they published a lot of games for a lot of systems, uh, computer systems as well, such as the MSX, uh, like which stuff that they covered. Um, only a, so, so the North American games. Uh, what was the most famous? Well, they had some. They had some. Well, they published some. They published some cult favorites for the NES: uh, Star Voyager, Castle Quest, uh, Gun Knack. Um, they released the they released the computer port of Wizardry uh, Wizard Wizardry Two on the NES. 
um, over here. So uh, the Kingsfield, the Kingsfield games uh, were published by them. Do you remember those I games? Do. Like, I like do. Nation? Yep. So um, Harvard Core was one of their games. Um, yeah. So like. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't call any like major major hits, but hits uh, of theirs. They did, you know, but they did, you know, but they did release some like some very well thought of mm. games at least. So uh, today, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, so today, uh, um, Asking Media Works, as, as the name suggests, um, they uh, uh, they specialize in publishing books, uh, the books, entertainment, computer magazines, uh, Magna, uh, Magna, like video games. So. Um, but they, uh, so yeah, much more, much more, much more better known in Japan than they are like here in North America. Yeah, sure. So, but uh, so um, this game is very Japanese uh, <laughs> in, uh, in both the story and also the, uh, I mean, like about the story, like how the game, uh, the game actually plays. Do you want to take a stab at describing this like crazy story, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're on an island that's fashioned after the wild west and an evil alien basically comes down and starts turning people into weird creatures and there's two space aliens that come down we're basically like space cops <laughs> and they crash land their ship which needs to be repaired one of the aliens uh ends up literally taking over your body and possessing you um, so, although you are playing as a child with a gun, technically you're an alien with a gun. Um, I guess that's how they get around it. It's okay for the kid to be firing and killing people. Um, and then the second alien becomes your faithful steed, um, at some point when you collect, uh, carrots. And it's fantastic because it, there's a couple Sailor Moon references there. Um, that made me laugh. So, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Man, let me tell you, like, I was trying to explain to my friend Corey about this game, because, you know, we, I was talking about how I was preparing for this podcast, and I was like, dude, I was like, it's Legend of Zelda meets Earthbound in all the right ways. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the best explanation I could have for it, because the, the story is bonkers, um, and the gameplay is actually pretty good. Um, my biggest gripe is that um, it advertises that it can shoot in eight directions, but uh, good luck getting those diagonal shots. Uh, it's not so easy. Yeah, the diagonal shots are pretty difficult. Yeah. I also, um, I have another like gripe that's bigger than that, but we'll get into it in a moment. <laughs> uh, the the alien the alien the alien takeover can also explain why there's why there's why there's very futuristic weapons in this game when normally there should have been this time period such as like such as like uh, Uzi machine guns flamethrowers and bazookas yeah you can just kind of explain it like the alien influence is doing yeah this, exactly so, but... it makes complete <laughs> sense I was totally cool with wielding an Uzi I'm just saying <laughs> so yeah the game so the game is very Zelda like I mean like you know if you were basically I. It, it's so Zelda-like that it's Zelda-like that if you replace the main character of Link and also replace the life gauge with hearts, mm -hmm. you definitely pass it off a Zelda game like no yep. problem because it's close enough because it's that close enough to Zelda. So obviously they so obviously they took they took inspiration from Link to the Past um, in a big way, which is ironic because we are covering Link to the Past very shortly in this podcast. Spoiler, yep. spoiler. So 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, so... Um, but anyway, yeah, the game the game features an open world map which is walk around on explore. There are eight dungeons uh, to go. Through, there are eight dungeons to go through the game, uh, which again is very like Zelda-ish. Uh, you also you also can you also can find uh, item weapons and weapons and weapons as usual. You can also uh, there's also the it can, it can also a shop system in the game. We can also like buy buy things from shopkeepers mm. uh, to help you to help you to help to help you through the to help you through the game. So. Uh, yeah, the game screen just basically has like your guy walk, walking around the screen. There's a life gauge. There's a score. Um, I don't know why the game is a score system. I think the score system is used to. I think the score system is used to determine when you earn extra um, uh, extra lives. Uh, I love like arcade games, but seeing a score system in a Zodish game is very weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and you know, it gives you some replay value because if it wasn't for the score there'd be no replay value in this game to be honest um there's, there's not, very yeah. little that's hidden it's all pretty much right there in in your face um so like without the scoring system to me um it's kind of pointless to replay it's really all about how fast you can get through the dungeons and beat the boss yeah so you also you, you also see on screen like the um uh, uh, the amount of cash you have uh, and your two weapons, uh, you have like you have like a you have like a, a, a melee weapon like your fist, and also like a distance weapon like your mm -hmm. gun. And if the one of them has bullets or ammo, um, then you you, um, you know then it like shows shows how many shots, shots you have left. I mean, the graphics for this game, actually, in all seriousness, I'm really surprised. That, I'm, I'm almost surprised Nintendo didn't sue about it because <laughs> because you know how sue happy Nintendo right. is. Because like the graphics, the game engine literally seems like lifted out a link to the past. It's that close. Yeah. It's like the, the textures, the textures of the walls and dungeons, um, the overlay map of its road system and the grass and the flowers, <laughs> the look of the towns. Yeah. It's almost like it's like like like, like, almost like literally they literally took the game code, tweaked a couple things here and there, and then they released. The I game. literally. I mean, it's that close. I to literally the put. Art assets and level design, dungeon design, and especially the map and inventory screen look like they were ripped from a link to the past to the point where they just look like they were maybe mirror flopped, if that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I'm very surprised. It's like, maybe Tenno, yeah, maybe Tenno just didn't care because, like, ah, this is a dying system. Right. That's kind of what I was so, thinking of. But, yeah, it's very, it's very. I mean, like, the Japanese also are... I should probably make two distinctions about that. One, Nintendo, Nintendo is more too happy now than they were, like, 20 years ago. Um, so, like, you know, they weren't quite as litigious... Um, sorry, what's the, what's the word? Like, like litigious yeah. uh, mm -hmm. back then as they, were, uh, as they are now. Two, the Japanese also have for a long time, and this is still going on recently, as a matter of fact, are much more lax of copyright law... So I mean, Japanese for a long time have like literally ripped off movies, music, TV shows, whatever, and not like not given proper credit, uh, like the original developers, right, and right. So I think the Japanese, the Japanese ripping each other off in, the, in this way probably was probably probably something probably something back then that didn't see like an eye uh, an eye raise. It still happens. Still happens today, as a matter of fact. I, I, I just I just don't think it's I, I just don't think it's as common now as it was back right, then. Right. So because yeah, the Japanese. Um, the Japanese also, yeah, they just don't have the 
copyright system in Japan just works very differently than it is here in, in, the, in, in the U.S. And fair use for that mm-hmm. matter too. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about the story, Joe, but like you know, recently, recently there was a big uh, there was a big anime YouTuber who got a cease and desist letter uh, from one of the Japanese studios. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Toho. I think it was another one of the big uh, Japanese yeah, it was, it uh, was, anime uh, companies. Toei. Toei? Yeah. Was it Toei? Yeah. yeah. It was all Dragon literally Ball. Literally hundreds of... It was all Dragon yeah, Ball stuff. Yeah, Dragon Ball. Literally hundreds and hundreds of, like, ceases yep. and takedown notices sent Literally to destroyed his channel. Like, right. So, eventually, 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 YouTube came... YouTube actually came out... Actually, YouTube actually came out... Came out, came out like, in his defense... Um, because, like, you know, it's all fair use. And we'd recognize here in the West as all being fair use. The Japanese don't have that concept. Yeah. So, eventually, a compromise, a compromise reached where, like, some of the videos stay down. I don't know how many. I think it was maybe, like, 25% of the yeah, videos. Yeah, something like that. Stay down. And, and, like, the rest of them, like, were a lot of it, like, like, put back up. But, yeah, it's the first time the first time YouTube actually had to, YouTube actually had to step in there and, and, and actually make that distinction. That's like, okay, we recognize this being fair use. You could block the video of Japan if right. you want to. Uh, but, you know, like, but you know, we're going to allow the videos videos up because here in North America, that's you know, you know, these should be like various right. videos. So very interesting case, yeah. So anyway, long story short, the Japanese just don't care the same. They just don't care about the the, uh, the same about like copyright infringement and like copying as we you know as the West does. So which which, which I think was the big reason why this game like flew under the radar as far as far as as far as as far as Nintendo was concerned. But man, if somebody did this today with Breath of the Wild. You gotta imagine Nintendo would be Nintendo would have a lawsuit on their hand the moment the game right. came out. So, it, so like it's very interesting. <laughs> um, you started talking about gameplay a little bit here, uh, uh, a little bit, a little bit before already, Joe. It seems it seems logical, just logical, just to yeah. finish it up. Yeah. Um, so you got the eight directions that you can shoot in technically for. Um, you have a charge shot that's really cool. Um, the charge shot to me, um, as you get later in the game, um, is more helpful, but it's also harder to pull off because the enemies kind of swarm you. Um, of course, then again, that's where the Uzi, Bazooka, and, uh, the fireworks come into play. Though I highly recommend if you're playing this game, keep the fireworks. Um, that's why I told you there are no secrets, um, and if there are secrets, it's very few. Um, keep those fireworks because it's an easy way to eliminate the bosses. Um, one of the biggest gripe I have with this game is the fact that this game is easy. <laughs> That's not a bad thing because, uh, you know, I was able to get through this. But um, for fans of Zelda or even, you know, the Mother series you're expecting a certain amount of difficulty, and this game just honestly doesn't have it. Um, other than that, um, and one of the things I think that make this easy, and you might agree, Greg, is the fact that, you, you know, you can gain hearts and you can gain hit points or whatever, um, but you have lives, and you start off with four lives. And it, right. like, I had to, like, there were quite a few times where, like, I just visibly, like, forced myself to die because I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. And if you go through and um, in the town and you're able to buy what you need and upgrades and all that other stuff and you get through the first couple dungeons, I mean, you could be set for the entire game. You could be so OP that you're just going to walk through it. 
Um, so that goes part and parcel with my main complaint of the game, uh, which I don't really know. It's kind of chicken. It's kind of um, uh, to me. It's kind of a chicken and egg situation because I'm not really quite sure if, it, if, it, if this is the reason for mm -hmm. it or whatnot. But um, yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, Joe, the game does have limited lives. Um, if you lose all your lives, it's game over. There's no, you, you, you know, there's no, you know, there's no password right. feature. There's no, no continue. Um, you, you know, no continue. No battery pack, which, which forces you to play this game right. in one sitting. Um, but I wonder. Did they not bother with that because the game's so easy, or easy, or did they make the game easy so they didn't have to include that? You know, yeah, just just to kind of, I don't know which yeah, one's true. No, you're, you're spot on. And you know what's crazy is that as easy as it is, um, the average length of uh, gameplay I saw was about ten hours. So, well, I actually found a video online that was like two and a half hours. Oh, long nice. Long. So, so, I mean, I, it took me probably about 10 hours, but also, you know, you guys know how yeah. I play. Like, it's very slow and methodical. Yeah. Um, it's just very weird to have a game this long in the Super NES period and not have, like, either, like a password or a Yeah, pack. it's definitely weird, and I, I definitely, you know, I mean, the fact that this was the last game the company made, um, I, I think that, you know, maybe the writing... One of the last games. Well, right, NES, right, right. But... So, you know, for the Super NES at the time, like, maybe, like, they just saw the writing on the wall. Like, hey, you know what? Like, we're going to put this out. It's probably not going to sell well. So let's not spend the extra money on a battery pack. Let's not spend the extra money on the bigger RAM cartridge. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, as yeah. far as business goes, I get it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that basically covers controls and whatnot. I mean, the game's fantastic. As far as like going through the dungeons, the the dungeons are fun. They're you know kind of linear almost, but they're they're fun. Yeah. And uh, the bosses are unique. I, I really enjoyed the boss yeah. encounters and whatnot. And you know it's like any other like um, you know it's like this, I hate bringing up Zelda, but it's true. Like it's it's like you, <laughs> they train you. You know, leading up to, like, how you would take care of the boss. It's not as, like, coherent as Zelda is. Like, where Zelda will, like, force you to learn the tricks that you need to use to beat the boss in the dungeon. But with this one, it's, it's you know, it's the typical thing with, like, Ninja Gaiden or um, Castlevania or um, anything like that. Where it's like, you know, you may die. But in death, you're going to understand, oh, this is what I need to do. This is how I can change it. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, that's a, that, yeah, that's a pretty good summary. I mean, like, you know, there definitely is, you know, besides the whole like, Earthbound humor in the game, there definitely is some interesting, some interesting weapons, or some interesting enemies in this game. Maybe design, the enemies mm -hmm. have a pretty good thought. You know, there definitely is some very enemies design. The, um, uh, there's also there's also not there's also not there's also not a ton of games that have the there are a ton of games from this time period that, that have the Wild West thing going on either. Right. So, you know, having so having that Wild West coding of paint slapped over a Zelda clone is pretty interesting. Yeah, agreed. But uh, the only other the only other real early Western Western clone Western clone I think about was another was another game I really enjoyed, uh, the Lone Ranger game. Uh, by Konami for the NES, which also was like yeah. Western, Western yep. based. That's also like a very, very good game. So, uh, but yeah, nowadays more common for Western games because of the Western games because of the popularity like of the Red Dead Redemption right. series. 
Um, but yeah, back then, back then it wasn't as common, especially you know, especially Japan. But you know, but again, like with Earthbound, you saw a Japanese take on American on American life. With the, with this game, you're seeing that you're seeing Japanese take by the American right. Wild West. So again, this yes, the game's interesting. The, the game's interesting in interesting several ways because of that. Um, we've already so we've already touched on the graphics some. The game literally is kind of like a Zelda, a Zelda game. Like ninety percent of the game, the graphics, the graphics, the graphics look like straight from look like look like look like straight from Zelda. So they're good graphics. There is something like they just feel a bit dated by ninety by seven because the fact because the because the fact the game is based based on a game that came out like nineteen ninety one. my biggest thing was like the backgrounds and a lot of the assets as far as like houses and whatnot. That kind of looks like Legend of Zelda ish. But all the characters reminded me of Earthbound. All of them. Like, yeah, the design true, yeah. of all so. the characters, even the bosses, like, all, dis- all just reminded me of Earthbound. So it's kind of like they were like, okay, uh, you know, Zelda, everybody's familiar with that. So we'll use that as the base. But, you know, we're going to throw in our own stuff to kind of make it funny and make yeah. it our own. And that's what they did. Yeah, the main character yeah. looks nice. Like, you guys that. Um, you know, has that like Wild West thing, uh, 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 theme theme going on of like you know like the you know the sombrero hat and also like the like the like also the cloak, um, like the boots. Oh, so, t- tell me how much fun it was when you were able to get a carrot and uh, your horse comes out and does some like Sailor Moon pose and then just starts. <laughs> you start running around like you have a magic star in Mario and just like knocking people over. Like, tell me that's not the best. <laughs> well, I cracked it the first time too. Well, I cracked it the first time I took out the bazooka because that thing was like, huge compared to the rest of him. It's going like, holy crap, are you getting here? <laughs> the, the bazooka got me, but uh, the horse, like, I don't know if it's like every time because uh, I, I noticed different animations for the horse, but like, I got lucky, I guess. The first time I saw the horse, like, the horse did like the whole Sailor Moon thing. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is fantastic. Like, <laughs> You know, in '97, if they would have actually released this in America, like people would have been like, "Huh?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But like '97 right. in Japan, yeah. like Sailor Moon was like booming. Same with like Dragon Ball. So like, I totally yeah. get why they would throw a reference in there. And like, the, uh, it's it's the little things. Was Sailor Moon even available? Like available in the West at that point? I, I, I'm I sure if you looked up. hard enough, you probably could acquire it. But as far as like on TV with Toonami or whatever else, no, no, absolutely not. That did, You're yeah, that didn't come around until like 99, 2000. That's that's really when it started to hit over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got me. You got me curious, curious about that. Um, Looks like it first came out in North. Uh, um, it actually came out in Canada first, uh, before, uh, before, before it got before it got released in the U.S. Yeah, '97 was in the U.S. So about the same time period. That's interesting, but so, and, and then you, yeah, yeah, then you're right. It wasn't very popular at first, and like later years, it took off. So. Yep. But anyway, anyway, yeah. So. Um, and and so the music in this game is also very, the music in this game is also very good. It, 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 it's also very it's, it's also like very uh, very fitting with the whole the whole Wild West theme. It sounds very like Wild West to me. Yeah, I love this. I love the sound design on this yeah. game. I think the music's great. The sound effects, everything like the, it it puts you in that yeah. mood, for sure. Yeah. 
So, I do agree with you that most of the game was pretty easy. I think some of the boss fights were mm. challenging. Um, and I do think that, you know, especially that, you know, you know, you know, especially that Dungeon 8 uh, boss was kind of like a real brute. But, um, which I think is the final boss. I don't remember. I, I, I'm trying to remember if there's a fight after that. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's it. Yep. But, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Make, makes sense. The final boss, the game might be challenging. So, um, yeah, so it's like trying to find a few of the things was a little bit challenging here and there, but I think the game did a, um, you know, but, um, you know, but the game signaled, the game signal posted well enough, like what you're supposed to do next, what, uh, next, next, what, next, uh, yeah. and whatnot. It wasn't quite as, it's not quite as bad as like a Zelda game trying to figure out, um, you're trying to figure out like where to go next. Right, right. Um, so, you know. And uh, yeah, so um, obviously this game was popular enough for, for for to receive an English translation, which is the which is the version that Joe and I played. And, and, and the translation, like the translation of the game is very good. I'm assuming that they didn't. I'm assuming that I'm assuming they didn't add anything onto it, and the translation just simply literally is a translation. So that that you know, I don't think the so I, so I I don't don't think the people who translated the game for the fan patch added anything onto it to make the game mm. easier. I think that I think they I think they just simply literally literally translated everything and the clues were right. in the first place. Well, I haven't played the original Japanese. I can't, you know, I can't confirm that. But I think, but you know, but I, um, you know, that's the person I got for sure. So, but uh, yeah, so it's a very fun game. You know, like, um, you know, so as I mentioned before, the game did review well in Japan when it came out. Um, so, like, the Mitsu, which is the, which is the, which is the big Japanese game magazine, gave it, uh, uh, gave it a score twenty six mm. out of forty when uh, uh, back when it came out. And since then, a lot of a lot of a lot of more contemporary Western 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 magazines and sites sites have listed the game as like uh, like a positive mark. In fact, some of them some of them have some of them have gone so far as to include it include in a list of like you know like the like you know, must play Super NES imports uh, because they like the game that much. So uh, the game definitely the game definitely is not the game's not well known over here. Like I said, I never heard of the game, but for those who enjoy imports, you know definitely. You know, um, you know, as it says, as it just said, it did show up a lot in like you know must-play yeah. import uh, game lists uh, for the system. And for good reason, for good reason, I think. You know, despite the, you know, you know, despite any, despite any quibbles I may have with the games, such as like the insane, you know, the problem about the, like, you know, the problem about like you know playing one sitting saw by saw by emulator right. states anyway. So, you know, most of the complaints we have of the game, such as the such as the, such as the diagonal control and the, and the game being too easy, don't really or don't really make the game. Um, you know, don't really distract from the game still being like fun to play. You know, like you know, definitely if you're a like, Zelda fan, this game is definitely worth playing. Uh, it's definitely oh, worth yeah, playing 100. Um, because you know, you know, be, you know, because it's very unique. It does enough things. Despite the game looking like a carbon copy of Zelda, it does enough. It does enough, it does enough interesting new things between the humor and also between the Western wild Western theme, and that that still keeps the game fresh and interesting mm-hmm. for you, even if you. Uh, you have, you have, you have played in a master of all the Zelda games for sure. So, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, very fun game, like in that kind of way. Um, I so I understand why the game, yeah, so I understand why the game that came out here in the West. One, it was very late, it was very late in the system, system, system lifespan. Two, the game is very mm-hmm. Japanese. So, uh, but yeah, it is kind of unfortunate the game didn't come over here in the West. Did you have anything that you wanted to say about the game uh, before we move on, Joe? Any like, um, so any, like you know, like final thoughts? Final thoughts? I mean, um, as far as the game. No, I mean, it, it like like I said, the diagonal shooting was kind of crap. But other than that, I mean, it's it's an easy game to learn, and 
I, I don't want to say things are just kind of handed to you because you know you got to work for it, but you know it's more. It feels more linear than a, a Zelda game would. So I think it's sure. I think it's yeah, um, yeah. easier to pick up and play for anybody. You know, not just fans of Zelda, but you know any casual fan can right. pick it up and give it a shot. Right. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So. Uh, yeah. So the game's not been, yeah, so the game's the game's not been released in Japan, um, and the game. Um, and so, and so when I play the game today, you have to either get like track down a cart, uh, or play it through emulation. Uh, you are you are correct, Joe. There are no secrets, codes, uh, whatever in this game. It's just like what you have is what yep. you have is what you have. So, um, but um, the game the game is easy. To, the game is easy. To, the game is easy to find enough to find enough to find to like an eBay. The pricing the pricing of the game suggests that it is somewhat somewhat rare in like Japan. We're not the most rarest game uh, to get a hold of. You know, hold of the they were trying to go to collect, uh, complete Super Panel mm. Collection. So, um, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, so I'm going to do my best with this. But uh, but the eBay is a little, the eBay pricing is uh, listing is a little is a little bit confusing because of the fact that um, not only do you have like games that are being sold in North America versus copies of the game being sold in Japan, <laughs> but uh, but you might expect for a game like this, there are also available. Uh, Western Western reproductions right. of the game uh, of the game as well. We basically, we're basically somebody stuck stuck the stuck the translated uh, ROM onto 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 a North American style game pack, and it's like put a North American style label mm-hmm. on it and so if I find something that way. So, so so if you want to play a physical copy a physical copy of the game, you can buy you can buy ones you can't buy you can't buy ones repros that that you can stick it to your system or your. Um, uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart. What are those? What are those clone systems called? Oh, Retcon. Yeah, Retcon. Uh, yep. Like like whatever, and, and just go. So, um, all together between like reproductions and originals, 23 copies of this game were recently like was sold like this on eBay at the time doing research. 14 copies of the game had recently sold. Uh, reproductions of the game were available in both in both uh, in both the uh, NTSC and PAL format. Curiously hmm. enough, so. Uh, those reproductions were all available from the North America Europe, depending upon which version of the game you wanted to play, and these prices include shipping. The prices, the prices for an English translation repro are fine. You know, they're average. They're, you know, they're average. They're average, they're average pricing for what you expect for somebody who, who's done this. Uh, they're available. Uh, they're anywhere from twenty-two dollars to fifty-five dollars, depending upon location and shipping and whatnot. No, no mock-ups of manuals or boxes have been have been, have been made. Just the card, um, you know, just the mm. card itself. But you know, it's it's comparable pricing, like for repro. Um, uh, uh, like, like I've seen before. Um, if you want the original cart, um, one one copy of the game currently so uh, so recently, uh, 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 from Japan for one hundred fifteen dollars. Hmm. Uh, and the complete copy of the game. Was available in both North America and Japan. Uh, I guess some have been trickled over here over the years. Uh, complete copy of the game. That's more pricier. Complete copy of the game ran anywhere from three hundred ninety dollars to three hundred eighty-two dollars. Wow. So that's why I said it's uncommon for sure. Right. Not the most rare, but definitely not the most rare, 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 rare Super game I've seen. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Very, very. Very pleasant game, you know. Uh, like you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd agree with this game as being like one of the best best imports for the for the, for, for, this, for the system, but it is a very very. Oh, I definitely game. wouldn't put that. Uh, label definitely. On. Yeah, but uh, 
But yeah, I'm just saying it is mm-hmm. a very popular label that's the you know several sites have used, and I can see why. Um, you know, because I think it kind of depends upon how much you love Zelda. Because if you love Zelda, it's yeah, your absolutely. Um, but you know, but you, but even yeah, but if you're not a huge Zelda fan, I think maybe the combination, the combination, the other, the combination of the Earthbound zombies humor and the Wild West theme does kind of make the game stand out to mm. be a very unique game for sure, at least. So maybe, so yeah, if those things sound fun to you, if, you know, even if you're not the biggest Zelda fan. Uh, it's still maybe worth checking out for sure, and and, and yeah, and like we said, it's not an overly long game either. So, um, you know, it is like a fun yeah, rock to play. Absolutely. Through. So, anything else you want to like say about the game before we wrap up here, Joe? No, I think I've pretty much said my piece. <laughs> okay, but alrighty, sounds good. So, um, it is possible. So it is possible that your main character is called Gumpo, which is where they. Like the name, like yeah. the name comes from, I don't, I don't remember your name ever being used in the game. Um, yeah, I don't remember his aliens, name being specifically used either. Yeah, because the aliens, the, the aliens are named uh, the two aliens who help you are, are called Zero mm-hmm. Girl, and the alien criminal is called right. Demi. So I mean, they're named, but 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 uh, I mean, you can't even. But yeah, so. I, 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 but but yeah, but yeah, you couldn't name your character in this game, yep. could you, Joe? I don't remember if you yep. had any option. My, my guy was name named Joe Sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, you couldn't name yeah. the character. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think your, you know, I, I think your name comes up so infrequently. I forgot about it because because well, I mean, Zelda does things. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like but, you know, you, uh, you you get scolded by your dad. You can't leave the village and. That's really like the only part where you kind of get your name, other than like when you go visit the uh, the girl in one of the houses, and she's like, "Oh, you don't know my name," and starts like crying and slaps you. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What are you doing?" And of course, you know, you know, after what happened, you know, at the Oscars, it just kind of made it that much funnier. So I wanted to make a meme where he was getting slapped, and it was uh, Chris Rock, but you know, <laughs> All right. So, yeah, and the, uh, uh, yeah, and and um, and it's and it's not like this is a new game either because this is actually this is actually one of the one of the oldest translation yeah. packs uh, uh, patches available for, available for the system. Two thousand two, this came out. So, um, you know, by you know by the Aeon Genesis mm-hmm. group, which is one of the, which is one of the most well known uh, translation groups uh, for games here in the West for sure. So, um, yeah, this has been out for like twenty yeah. years at, at this point almost. But, but yeah, I, I just never heard of it. Um, you know, just, just hey, you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, uh, yeah. So like, uh, I definitely, I definitely appreciate the game, like what it was like trying to do. So you know, I um, you know, uh, a game similar to this, um, yeah, like, like an indie game similar to this, I think with a, I mean, similar like, you know, like, like mm, pretty well, yeah. I think. But anyway. That wraps up our thoughts on this game. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, or whatever, you can leave them on our Facebook group, or you can also send me an email directly. Uh, the email is the snspodcast.yahoo.com. Joe, where can they reach you at? Well, I have a very public Facebook that you can find under my name. And then also, you can find me on Twitter at joesux 30 and Joe is picking the next game of this podcast as well, too, so we can get things back on the track. Uh, what game do you want to cover this time, Joe? All right, so we're going to stay in the West 
um, or I guess technically it'd be the east. It would be the east. Um, <laughs> and we're going to check out a very breezy game called Super Family Circuit. It, I've, never, I've, never, I, I've, I've never even heard of this game. Did it get a, did it get a US release? It did not. Did not okay. Um, so it's another yeah. Super Famicom game, are... which I know you love. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's 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 amazing, is what it is. But um, so quick little description is it, it's a top-down racing game with multiple categories such as rally and open wheel. The tracks are rendered as a rotating mode seven graphic map. And it prepares yeah. you for the turns, you know, with little graphics and whatnot. Um, I do not know if there is an English translation for this game, um, but it's a racing game. We don't need an English translation. <laughs> yeah, I <was> <laughs> like say. I said, this is a breezy. <laughs> it's going to be a breezy episode. But I was like, eh, you know what? Like the game looks cool, and uh, I really don't want to put a lot of effort into it. A little out, a little, a little inside <laughs> baseball. Like I was just like, eh, because technically we were prepared to do this game and then immediately followed by Legend of Zelda. And like, it wasn't planned that way. <laughs> so it was kind of like one of those, like I was like, ah, oh, like I just, I'm burnt out from playing these two games and then Mega Man. And you know, I'm not great with that game. So I was like, you know, Greg's like, Hey, you get to pick the next one. I was like, you know what? It's going to be an easy game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Zelda, Zelda. We're gonna have guest hosts on the podcast. I, I uh, podcast. I, I don't want to say like who it is yet, but you know, that's the you know, whenever you have guest hosts on the podcast, it kind of makes it a little, makes it like a bit more yep. difficult to plan for. So, but anyway, so yeah, so so stay tuned for racing game for, for racing game next time. Been a long time since we cover racing game in the podcast. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so I say we're, yeah, yeah. So I say we're due. So, but. Uh, as always, we appreciate you taking a few minutes every day to listen to us. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, stay safe, stay safe, everybody. Like, be well, and we'll catch you again next time. Thanks again, um, thanks again for listening, as always, and take care. Bye. Uh, later. Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Ah. Uh -huh.